Hey there, welcome to this edition of Build Your Tribe with Shalene Johnson and Brock Johnson. And today we are talking about what hire you need to make first or maybe next. Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. So today I'm here with my son, Brock Johnson, who also happens to be, I guess you could say a new entrepreneur, newer. Relatively new. Would you say probably two years? I'd say two years as a focused, dedicated entrepreneur. I like to use the word focused and even dedicated because that doesn't necessarily mean that it was full time. But I do think there's a point at which as someone who's just making passive income, you flip a switch and you decide, okay, I'm not just dabbling with making extra income. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a business owner. I really considered myself becoming an entrepreneur once my mindset shifted. Once I started considering myself, you know, an entrepreneur, maybe once I put it in my Instagram bio that I was an entrepreneur and I started believing that I was, that was when I kind of started taking it more seriously. And so rather than just saying, you know, when I started doing it full time or when I started spending X amount of hours, it's just the mindset shifted. And so I'd say that was about two years ago. Well, I think it's really important to hear Brock's perspective because from time to time I hear from from you that you're just starting out or the things that I might recommend or be doing with our business are difficult for you to understand how you would scale it back as the listener, right? And, you know, many of you will reach out and say, well, if I'm not at your stage, or if I haven't made any money yet, or if I'm just starting out, how would I do this? And so Brock and I thought it would be helpful for the two of us to collaborate on a lot of these topics so that you get both perspectives. And I wouldn't call Team Johnson or what we're doing with the 131 program or Smart Life Inc. I wouldn't consider us a big company. We're definitely at a different stage in terms of development and spending and budget and employees. I am no longer a solo entrepreneur, right? So I think it's important because so many of you are solo entrepreneurs. You, you kind of hear both perspectives and it gives you a place to start and a place to grow to. So Brock, you just said something really important. You said, I put in my Instagram bio. And did that feel like accountability or did that feel like, well, I'm going to play the role until I feel it? Hmm. That's a great question. I feel like it's definitely both because I feel like on one hand, uh, you know, it's in my Instagram bio. So (laughs) people are going to see that and people are going to immediately recognize me as, oh, this person is an entrepreneur or at least identifies as an entrepreneur. So there is some accountability there as to, well, if I'm going to call myself an entrepreneur, I need to be doing entrepreneurial things. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, it was also kind of a little bit of fake it till you make it. Sometimes you got to stretch your boundaries and do things you're a little bit scared to do and and call yourself things and speak about yourself in ways that you might not be yet you know think you're the best and say you're the best until you are the best so a little bit a little bit of that mindset you for those of our listeners who are maybe not familiar with your story are a full-time collegiate athlete and you also are a speaker, a motivational speaker. You host your own podcast, and now you're doing some co-hosting here with me on Build Your Tribe. You have already made your first hire, and you made your first hire when you were where in terms of your business? Like, were you making money yet? I was making money, but it wasn't much money. And I would say, you know, we talk about the term smart success and stress success. It was stress success, definitely. It was... Before your hire? Before my hire, I would say. Yeah, it was... I was making money. I was turning a profit, but I was working really hard, lots of hours and doing things that 
I wasn't, not all of the tasks that I was doing were things that I necessarily loved. So I loved as a whole being an entrepreneur and I loved the business as a whole, but there were tasks and things that, you know, day-to-day operations, things that I knew I could outsource that I just wasn't in love with. And they seemed to be kind of getting monotonous for me. And it was stressful. Can you give me an example? Yeah. One was researching and constantly finding new and updated information and new news about Instagram stories, Instagram Mm. and Snapchat. Every single day I was having to keep my finger on the news and see what was going on and finding all these articles from all over the world and finding different news outlets and interviews and videos on YouTube and then sharing them within my Facebook groups and sharing them with my people. And it was it was just getting time consuming to constantly be finding these. And, you know, some days I'd find a ton and I'd archive them and then I'd, you know, I'd, I'd be out of town or I would be doing normal 20 year old things, living my life, going snowboarding, being a college athlete. And that would get sidetracked and I'd fall behind. And it was stressful. It was definitely stressful to have to constantly be doing these little tasks all the time. And it, were t- it was taking away from my general creativity and my, my bigger picture of where I wanted the business to go. What you just said is really important because one thing that you can't outsource, especially for those of you who are, you are the brand, right? Like it's, it's you that people look to and trust and know. Maybe you're a coach. Maybe you are someone who sells an info product. Maybe you're the gym owner. I mean, you, but you are the brand. That's what people identify with. And you have to ask yourself, what am I known for? What do I want to be known for? And, and hopefully a great percentage of your time is spent either doing this yourself or outsourcing the research that allows you to be the source. Like, I think it's really important to note that one of the reasons why I think you had such a quick rise as an expert in these areas is because you know more than anyone. Like even me, I'm like, oh, I don't know, but I'll, I'll ask Brock. And it's because I know you spend more time researching mm-hmm. it. And also like people who normally would call me for interviews or ask me about certain things like with Snapchat and Instagram, they're like, hey, can you ask Brock? Because they know. Yeah. But it's great to hear that you're delivering that, mm-hmm. but you don't have to do the research. You've got a team or... Yeah, a team. team of one. A team of one that a does that. A team of one, yeah. Okay, cool. So your first hire, you're not making a ton of money. To be clear, mom and dad weren't paying for this. This is something you bootstrapped yourself. Yep. So how did you, what was the conversation you had in your head when you're like, okay, I need to pay someone to do this, but I'm not even, I'm not rolling yet. The conversation was really just a, a thought that I need to take a chance, mm-hmm. that I'm going to take a chance on this. I've known these principles my whole life. I've understood them that scared money don't make money. And Mm -hmm. I've understood that the more you delegate and the more help you bring on, the more your business will be able to grow, the more freedom you'll have, the more flexibility and happiness you'll be able to experience. Mm -hmm. And so I I just decided one day, you know, we're going to roll the dice. We're going to roll the dice and I'm going to commit to finding a virtual assistant. And so I went through the process. It didn't take too long and, and it's been amazing. And I know there are lots of times where, you know, it might not go so great. Mm -hmm. Things might not go as planned. But for me personally, I've loved the experience. And and it really just took me committing, being a little bit scared, sure, but definitely just one day deciding, committing, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to hire a virtual assistant. I need to. What was the out that you gave yourself? In other words, did you say, I'm going to spend this amount of money? Or did you say, I'm just going to go for it for a year? Because I, I think it's important that people know mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be permanent, but what was, what was the conversation you had in your head about how you would assess it? 
I'm going to try it for two weeks. Oh, two weeks. I'm going to try it for two weeks. I'm going to try it for two weeks because I felt like one week was, wasn't enough time. It was only enough time to really just kind of get the basics of what was going on to my virtual assistant to train them. Yeah. The basics of training. And then by the end of the second week, I would at least be able to see how they communicate, what the experience was like, how I was dealing with it, how I felt, how I felt paying someone. And so I Mm -hmm. figured two weeks, two weeks, we'll just see how two weeks goes. And so this is not someone you brought on as an employee. You brought them on as a full-time or part-time consultant? Started out part-time consultant. And did you tell her it was temporary or? Yeah, I said it was going to be two weeks. And I said, I've also given some tasks to a few other people who I was interviewing at the time and just started as a two-week trial and, and saw how they did and eventually ended up hiring the one gal as a part-time employee, basically. Mm-hmm. Consultant. Consultant. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important because I think when you're just starting out, it's, it is pretty scary to have employees. I love the idea of consultants. I love the idea of giving people, tell people it's a temporary position and then also make it a competition like Brock did say, you know, I've got a couple people doing this, which is the best way to do something because people can interview really well and then they are nothing like what you expect when you actually hire them. So it's great to have like legit experience where you're able to assess, okay, maybe they're great, but you can't rely on how easy it is to reach them or their language barrier is difficult or they're just not as consistent with their hours as you'd like them to be. So it gives you that actual real-time experience. And how quickly did you realize like this is going to help? Two weeks after the two-week trial. So after the two-week trial, I thought this is going well. I like this. I feel more relaxed. I feel less stressed. I like where this is headed. Uh-huh. Two weeks after that was when I saw the shift. That was when I saw my income triple of what I made in the first three months. So uh-huh. in the next, so in the four weeks after hiring my virtual assistant, mm-hmm. I made three times what I made in the three months prior. Three times what I made in the Dang, three months prior, and I, I that was people. when I that was when I was yep. like, all right, yep, this is I'm sticking with this. I'm sticking with her. She's awesome. I'm sticking with this system. I kept, of course, talking to her more. We would Skype and chat on the phone and kind of talk about the tasks and what she could do, you know, really finding out what exactly her skills were, what suited her best, and uh, some things that she struggled with as well. But seeing that immediate change mm-hmm. in my uh, profit was was insane. And along with that, I had so much more free time. I, um, mm, yeah. in in the months prior, I had done a Facebook Live, maybe once a week, every couple of weeks, maybe every other week. During those four weeks, I was doing a Facebook Live almost every other day. I did multiple mm. giveaways, Gosh. multiple hour-long, hour-and-a-half-long Facebook Lives. I had committed by that point. That allowed me to totally commit to Snapchatting every single day uh, because prior to that, I was Snapchatting, but I wasn't doing it on the level that I am now. I wasn't doing it on a daily basis because a lot of my time had to be spent on other parts of my business. And even if you have the hours, it it can be exhausting. And you're like, okay, well, I've, you know, I've spent the last three hours doing these kind of mundane things for my business. And now, now I need to go live on top of that, you know, and you've got family and you've got commitments and you want to exercise and you want to do all these things. And you just, you tend to go, I I can't now, now I'm tired. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. That has turned out to be a very positive experience for you. Have you hired additional people? I have not hired anyone additionally who has worked week after week, like Mm -hmm. my current VA has, but I have hired consultants. So I've hired 
a consultant to build one of my courses for me. Mm-hmm. I hired another consultant to build my website for me. Can People, I ask how you found them? I found those ones on Freelancer, I believe. Okay. I found my virtual assistant who works for me full time. Now it's full time. Uh-huh. I found her on onlinejobs.ph. Ph for the Philippines because yeah. she's in the Philippines. And then I've also found some just part-time social media workers, people who can do things like responding to direct messages, liking and commenting on other people's accounts, stuff like that, just surface level interactions. I found some sites online that have that have done some consulting for me and helped me out with that. But in terms of uh, virtual assistants, I only have the one. Who do you need to hire next? Who do I yeah, need to hire so next? Don't answer that quickly because I want, I want you, the person who's listening at home, while Brock's thinking about that question, I want you to think about right now what piece that you need to take your business or your idea or this thing that's making you passive income to take it to the next level. What is the piece that is missing? Either you don't have the time for it, you don't fully understand it, you feel like you'd need to take a couple of courses and really dig in. But if you had this person, you're pretty sure you go to the next level. I think for me, the first thing that came to mind was a general web manager. And by that, I mean someone who could manage my websites, keep them all up to date, keep them all running, Mm -hmm. and then also update them and and build them as I need them built. That was the first thing that came to mind. Mm -hmm. But that could really be a consultant. And Mm -hmm. really what what I think now, now that I've been thinking about it for a second, what I think I need the most is someone who is specialized in social media advertisement and mm-hmm. SEO. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I need search engine search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. I need someone who's skilled in Facebook ads. I know a little bit. I've mm-hmm. dabbled a little bit. I know how to sell. I know how to talk about a business and, and sell yourself or your brand on Instagram stories and Snapchat stories. Mm-hmm. But in terms of actual paid advertisements that are getting in front of new people, I don't know enough to know what works and what doesn't work. And I would be throwing money in a pit if I tried to do it myself. Mm. And I would be wasting my own time if I tried to spend hours and hours learning courses. So I think an advertisement specialist, social media advertisement specialist slash SEO specialist is what I need next. Well, I'm glad you said that because I think that's what most people would say. I think that's what most entrepreneurs would say. And it's a mistake we've made ourselves. Um, And that is to... Realize you have something to sell. Mm -hmm. To know that there's somebody better qualified out there to either run your Facebook ads, drive traffic to your site, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what you want to do is drive traffic to your site. But I would tell you and anyone listening that before you hire the advertising experts, you need to make sure your funnels are tight. Mm. So you need landing pages that convert. You need all of your email sequences written. You need your upsells, your downsells. You need the, um, okay, if people are going to this sales page and they're bouncing after, you know, like 98% bounce rate, Mm -hmm. then why are they bouncing? And how can I improve the sales page? And you've got to go through that process first. And that is in and of itself a gnarly process. Mm-hmm. You can figure it out yourself. It's what we teach inside the Marketing Impact Academy. You can learn it yourself. You can do it yourself. And you can also, as you said, hire a consultant. Mm-hmm. But I would tell everyone that that's a, a costly mistake we've made ourselves. And what you do is you leave money on the table, A, and B, you spend money you're not ready to spend. So if you're driving, you're spending money to drive traffic to your thing, whatever that is, your storefront, your 
product, your service, mm-hmm. if you don't have all of those other pieces buttoned down, if you don't know what you're going to do with that customer, if they go to your site and they mm-hmm. don't buy, if you don't have your pop-ups on your website and you're not building a strong converting newsletter or a way that people are signing up to get on your email list, then it's not yet time to hire the person to drive the traffic. That makes sense. And that's uh, that might be scary to hear. But for me, I actually think that uh, that's something I need to hear. And uh-huh. it's good to hear because that's kind of the stage I'm at. I'm in the stage of solidifying my funnels, uh, building my sales pages. I'm kind of at that stage at this mm-hmm. exact moment. Like that's what I'm working on. So that's, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. And there's some great kind of inclusive websites and services like lead pages. Mm. And the cool thing about um, like a service like lead pages or convert kit is you don't have to worry about you, you having a good design aesthetic. And even if in fact you love the design of the page yourself, like they have templates and I just caution anyone not to look at the templates and go, Oh, I think this one's prettier than this one, or this one's more my personality. I think you really need to just, when it comes to a landing page, just look at what converts and test it, like do a a split test so you can send traffic to one page if you're running ads and and then split the traffic so that the rest of the traffic is going to another page. And once you've got enough data to make a decision, then you know which page to go with. But you don't want to try to have to design these things or guess at how well something's going to convert when there are companies out there that will do that for you. Mm -hmm. Because who cares if you like the look of it? It does it convert. So like, for example, with lead pages or convert kit, they're going to show you what style is converting the best and that's what you want. And so there's one option for sales pages that convert. But then in addition to that, you need to write your email sequences. And I think most people are better off, you know, most things I'm going to tell you to outsource, Outsourcing your email writing is incredibly expensive Mm. and rarely done really well by someone other than you. That makes sense. Because it's got to be your brand voice. Yeah, it's got to be your voice. And that's Uh tough to find. Yeah. But I would seek out, you know, again, if you're a student of the Marketing Impact Academy, we provide for you templates. But I'm sure there are templates, if you Google it online, that kind of teach you how to create an email sequence. You know when you should be emailing and how often. And and it's why I created the Marketing Impact Academy to follow the order and sequence that it does because most new entrepreneurs kind of make that same mistake. They they think, oh, okay, I, I need more traffic. And they get all caught up in buying courses and tools and software to develop more traffic or invest in you know, course maybe on how to run Facebook ads or maybe in, even in, invest in someone who can run Facebook ads for you. But you need to do that, but you need to do things in the right order. So the reason why I created the Marketing Impact Academy, which by the way, I encourage you to check it out. Go to marketingimpactacademy.com to learn more because I'm telling you, it will be the very best investment you ever made in your business and it will serve you for years to come because I didn't design it for you to like, solve one problem. It literally has been designed so that you do the right things in the right order when you're ready for them. So there is a piece of the Marketing Impact Academy that teaches you how to run Facebook ads, but it's at the end because you shouldn't be messing around with that until you've figured out all these other pieces, like what your brand voice is and your colors and your landing pages, your sales pages, your email sequences, your thank you page, like all of those pieces 
if you don't have those set up, right, which most entrepreneurs don't, they learn it the hard way, then you spend money and time and frustration. It just, it's money, time and frustration that you don't need to experience if you know how to do things in the right order. I think that most people are doing the right things or just doing them at the wrong time or in the wrong order. So again, I encourage you to check that out, marketingimpactacademy.com. 100% money back guarantee if you're not fully satisfied. You can use it for 30 days. It's legit. It will give you your life. Anyways, emails are something that terrify people and they shouldn't. It's how we stay in contact with our customers. In fact, I just did a whole episode about some of the latest email practices that you need to be aware of for 2018. And everybody should listen to that episode because that is episode number 213. Remember, 213, because you definitely want to listen to that episode after this one. If when I said you need to have your email funnels set up, you need to have your email sequences written if that like gave you a little twinge of like, oh man, I got to dig into that, then don't let that just fester in your brain, like legit. Put that on your calendar, block off like three hours worth of time and just get it done, get it started. You know, Even if you don't get it done, get at least one sequence started and you'll probably have more than enough time to finish a full email sequence and you'll understand best practices and and how it's just a simplified way of writing all those emails. So again, that's episode number 213. Let me ask you a few more questions about your virtual assistant. Can I ask how much you started her at? We started at 15 to $20 a week. 15 to $20 a week. So a what week. are you paying her hourly? We were at $3 an hour. I believe she asked her asking was like two seventy five an hour, and right. so I said, "I'll round it up. We'll do three dollars <laughs> an hour." Big bucks over Big, here, yeah. <laughs> so, and I know that sounds shocking to a lot of people. It's like, wow, but it's really very dependent upon the cost of living in mm-hmm. the country where your virtual assistant is. And the Philippines tends to be a very popular, I guess, spot for a lot of VAs that do this type of work because they've got exceptional English skills. Mm-hmm. They tend to be very family-oriented, great to work with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, that's not to say that any country doesn't have that too, but just a lot of people there love being virtual assistants. Yeah. So you started her off at 3 bucks an hour, yep. and which was more than what she was asking for, mm-hmm. which is a nice wage there. Mm-hmm. What is she at now, can I ask? Uh, we do 60, 60 bucks a week now. That's, okay. that's kind of the rate we're going. We're, we're more on a weekly basis now. Are there weeks where you don't have much work to give to her? Or is there, how do you, how does she know what she's doing each week? She has a baseline. So every single week she has a baseline of uh, a certain amount of posts that I have her posting on my different Instagram and Facebook accounts, a certain amount of blogs and news articles that I need her sharing on my Facebook pages, and then a certain amount of research that I have her doing. Uh-huh. And then on top of that, I'll give her additional tasks every once in a while. So if I don't if I don't send her anything for a week, if I don't talk to her, you know, one weekend, mm-hmm. she knows the next week that she can just stick to the baseline. Okay. She has enough to last her for months, you know, working on a week by week basis. How do you communicate with her? We communicate via uh, Google Message, I believe it's called. Okay. Google Messenger. So uh, it's it's a free platform and, you know, usually her nighttime is my morning and my nighttime is her morning. So Uh, We communicate that way, and she's very quick to communicate if she's ever logged out of any program or anything. She's Mm -hmm. quick to communicate, and if we need to talk longer, we'll talk via email or Skype. I think what you said is important for anyone who's considering taking this step, and that is you feel like 
oh, I, I can't hire a virtual assistant because I don't know that I'm going to have that much work for them consistently every single week. But when you consider how valuable it is, even on the weeks when you're not using them, you have to consider how valuable it was on the weeks that you were using mm-hmm, them. And mm-hmm. because of that price that you're, you know, that really low wage, comparatively speaking, that you're able to pay them, it's it's the peace of mind that you're investing in. And so don't get caught up in the, oh my gosh, do I have enough time to, you know, provide for, you know, enough work for them to be full-time every single week. Even if you don't, you're going to come out on top. And I think it's really important that you establish, like Brock said, a criteria so that they know like, okay, if you don't hear from me, this is what I need you doing every single day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now I can tell you from personal experience, we've had lots of virtual assistants. We have lots of virtual assistants. What's up, March? Actually, it's Paul that's going to be editing this for us. Hi, Paul. What's up, Paul? And um, he's awesome. I love you, Paul. They're great. I love working with them. But we check in every day Mm -hmm. because I've had, I can tell you from personal experience where there was too much trust that someone was doing their job. And, you know, when we would kind of like, oh, you know, I wonder if they're actually doing this and check up, they weren't. And we didn't terminate them immediately, but after a period of time, you're just like, okay, this is a bad habit. And we didn't get into the right structure from the beginning. So I would tell anyone who's gonna go down this route, which I hope a lot of you are, that you wanna set up the structure in advance. Do you check in with her daily? Not daily, but I'd say we talk at least every other day. But mm-hmm. I do know that she is doing what she needs to be doing daily because I see the posts on the account. So okay. I see them and I know that she's she's doing that. Yeah. I can see her working almost all the work she does. She'll do it in a shared Google Doc with me. Perfect. Another so really good every idea. single day, you know, if I want to check up on what she's doing. I'll I'll see what she's able, what she's written that day, and I can get kind of an, a a daily update on what she's doing. But for the most part, I'm not like physically texting her, or messaging her on a daily basis. You know, checking in. But I can if I want to check. What would you say to the entrepreneur who's just starting out, who feels like they have so much to outsource and so much to do that they just don't even have the time to figure out how to explain to people what they need? You would be surprised how much you can free up your time by making a video and explaining it once. So that's what mm. I did. I made videos explaining what I need her to do. And So sure, back up a second. When you say made videos, so are I'm, you I made going, screen recordings on go. my laptop or on my phone or just videos of myself talking to the camera, uh-huh. explaining what I needed her to do. And then, sure, it might take you one night. It mm-hmm. might take you, you know, you might be up late one night recording. Take a week off. It, if you it might to, take yeah. a weekend. You know, it might take some time, but it'll save you time in the long run because uh-huh. you're going to stop killing yourself doing these things over and over and over and over again. And if that virtual assistant doesn't work out, you still have all those videos saved for the next time. Exactly. So just think about what you do every day and screen record yourself for an entire day. And now you've got a training manual where your VA, the one that maybe you start off with like Brock did two or three, kind of testing them out on a temporary basis. You can give each one of them the exact same manual, if you will, which is a video screen recording of what you're doing on your screen. Then you know they're all being trained exactly the same way and you are comparing apples to apples. More importantly, if for example, your virtual assistant were to not work out or to mm-hmm. go on vacation, you don't have to like 
slow down again and create yep. all these training yep. materials, you've got them. Yep. Yep. It's awesome. Well, Brock, thank you so much for being here today on Build Your Tribe. I understand you've got a lot of great content that you're going to be sharing with the audience here. And we would love to hear from you questions you want to ask us, or you know, maybe it's my perspective or Brock's perspective. I would love for you to leave your questions and ask us directly by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast. There on the right side of the screen, you'll see a little widget that says, leave me a message. And you can just click there and you can talk to Brock. You can talk to me. You can leave us your messages. But we would love to hear what we can help you with next on this show, Build Your Tribe, where we're talking about building passive income, starting businesses, and creating the life that you deserve. Any last words, Brock Johnson? Thanks for having me. It was fun being here. No, I'm glad to have you. It was fun talking to my I, mom. I, I appreciate you taking this time out of your very busy spring break. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. It is my goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. We out. Peace. <laughs>